0: This is a conversation between Nicole Bachman and Kira Green that took place on November 19th, 2019. The recording took place shortly after Nicole's performance at Mimosa House in London on the 16th and 17th of November and we return to this work titled All What Is, Brackets, Variations, throughout our conversation. The podcast opens with an audio extract of All What Is, Variations performed at Mimosa House and featuring Patricia Langer, Legion 7 and Jai Yu Korti. Nicole Barkman is an artist working across video, text, sound and performance.
1: Kink, kink, kink. on,
0: The 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 da the da the 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 Da the da the 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 the
1: the 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 the
0: Her body. Mark's body.
1: Body moves.
0: Piercing in shimmer. Piercing in surface.
1: Body moves,
0: flowing. Marks, body. Liquid body. flowing, liquid body. flowing, dust reshuffles, cav- cavity filling, shuffling. cavities action. dust, body moves, piercing surface, piercing, ink shimmer, a shimmer, ink Inca- shimmer, Mark's body, ink shimmer, cavity filling, body is worked, liquid flowing, liquid flowing, pressure, cavity filling, dust reshuffles, Mark's body. Body, body moves. moves. Marks. Marks. Dusty shuffles. B- 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 marks' body. Marks' body. M- Action. Ash- body words. body moves. Body words inside. R- 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 surface. Piercing <september. Sure>. surface. Piercing surface. Pressure on. Dusty shuffles. Dastry Dastry shuffles. Liquids flowing. Caving. filling. Body moves. Pressure on. Liquids flowing. The breath of the performers is an important device. In, mm-hmm. in the work and I'm interested in how much you sort of choreograph that actually or how sort of um, rhythmically
1: breathing is incorporated into devising the work so there's either the quality of the breath which, which is kind of which is more let's say narrative also sometimes is used as a device to connect it's almost used as a sound to connect to each other and then there's the breath of actual exhaustion of moving very quickly, and so this is also a sound, but also I think an indication of what just happened in that body, which then also links back to the content of the text, and which then ties back into being who you are, you know using the voice you have having you know mm. using the body you have.
0: Yes. Because there's an element of um of editing subjectively as an audience member of editing the work because we can't see all performers at one time. Mm-hmm. so there's this kind of conscious attending to that's taking
1: place the whole time about you know so what are they doing because I'm attending to Mm -hmm. this yeah and I think this is a really important part about what you decide to look at you can't always see everything at the same sometimes you Mm. can when they come together but a lot of times it's also you kind of have to decide do you look here or do you look over there and I think that's also part of the piece and it implicates you to take part in the piece Mm. in a way
0: was it the case that before you were writing text towards sort of discrete audio works with maybe less performers Mm -hmm. performing them. How has that shifted to the way that you're working now, which is within a more dynamic, collaborative situation with multiple performers? How did that transition take place?
1: Well, I think that it was kind of a transition from first doing audio pieces, multi-channel audio pieces, where I'd write a text, I'd get people to read it, I direct, you know, in, in, in the studio, audio studio, and we, take, we do several takes. And then I kind of went on to work with an actress. And there it started, it was still my text, but it's a different way of working. Well, anyway, she almost started to be like an editor, because I think as an actor, you're really trained to look at texts. In a different way than maybe someone else would, so she would question a lot of things and really would want to know what is the structure, why is this? what does it mean, what is the emotion of it? what is the journey of it? So um we talk a lot about the text and about the journey and stuff, and then she would I would tell her the rhythm, how I wrote it, but then obviously because she has a much wider range of voice, she could then bring into her knowledge. But still, I'm kind of the director in terms of, I say, this is too much. I'd rather like it like that. I think the tension within the piece, it's too high. The energy is too high. It needs to come down, you know. So it is a collaboration, but always I'm the director. Mm. And I think, and this was really, to me, this was a big step in development of working with an actor. In having much of what, it's almost like you have a different material to work with. You know, if you're a painter before, you use maybe blue and red and suddenly you've got like the whole palette. So Anna Tierney, she has such a wide range, I could really modulate my piece with her voice. And actually it was the way she performed or the way we found a way to perform these pieces that I was thinking about working with bodies because when she speaks and, you know, with the power of her voice, it really seemed like a three-dimensional thing coming out of her mouth it's a way to describe and it would really fill the room and this was all always something I was really interested in using the voice and the sound of the voice how it can travel you know through bodies and the room and how I can fill up a room and then thinking about if this is so three-dimensional what is the relationship to an actual body what would that mean if I started working with her with this voice and the dancer or movement, so this was kind of the trajectory. Mm. So the choreography comes
0: from different ways in which the body has access to voicing, instead of the movement coming first and then filling this gesture, perhaps, or coupling this gesture with a mm-hmm. with a sound. Or I noticed actually in or what is that there was a moment where Seven was almost sort of stimulating her. Mm-hmm. her Vocal cords mm-hmm. through touch, which I found really compelling and also really sort of visceral as a viewer. <laughs> vocal, vocal, <laughs> cords, connect. But it made me think about well, of course, there are different sorts of movements which, or ways of sort of opening opening's a bit of a problematic word, but accessing the voice in different ways or constricting, you know, constricting Mm -hmm. the body. So is movement actually being used as a tool to produce different sorts of sounds as well?
1: Yes, I think it goes both ways. So I think when we start, we improvise and experiment quite a bit, but it's always the text is kind of the underlying structure. And it was interesting also Patricia Langard, dance in All What Is she said oh you know I just need you know I need to know the text and I need to start working with the text and then the movement will follow the text but then also sometimes the movement will dictate the sound of the voice. And what are the backgrounds of the performers that you're
0: working with because as I understand it they're not all coming from a dance Mm -hmm. um, training.
1: Yeah so in this specific case legion seven she's a poet and a musician and patricia Langa, she's a professional dancer modern dance with a ballet background and Yu yukoti is also a professional dancer but she comes from Bhutto and martial arts which is yet another strain of dance so i'm very interested in how we can kind of generate meaning and knowledge and not necessarily you know there's like this idea of kind of this linear narrative, linear histories and also language kind of being set in normative or let's say patriarchal structures and so kind of thinking about how could you kind of be outside this linear narrative and kind of generate maybe alternative lines this is how I think, like using the voice, the quality of the voice. You can say so many things by intonation, repetition, and then also movement, how each body moves, kind of find your own way of expression, of creating knowledge or creating meaning. You spoke about trying to break the syntax, mm-hmm. and that seems
0: like, in the suggestion of breaking down language, what you're also doing is creating gaps mm-hmm. or cuts. In language. So in a way, I, f- I wonder whether you think about this sort of material and this content that you just referred to as being generated in those sort of gaps, in those spaces, between words, between sounds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also not only in the gaps, but also by using the voice, like how do you say something and how is it quiet? Is it loud? Is it just a tone? As humans, we're so attuned to read emotions through the voice. I think it's amazing. We get so much content, or we can read so much by just using the voice. It's a mixture of, yes, I mean, I, I was, when we talked about syntax, I was referring to feminist works, breaking up syntax in order to break the patriarchal narrative language structure and to open it up to kind of find their own way of expression and make space for different narratives. And this is definitely something I feel comes up in my work. It's not something I did on purpose. I kind of suddenly noticed, oh, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And this refers back to this movement. But then also, I think I use very much the, the quality of the human voice to create narration or feelings. Or Is there a conversation between you and the dance
0: artists and non-dance artists and performers that you're working with about their relationship with these ideas of affect of speaking and voicing the language that you write you know is there dialogue between you about how it actually feels how it's feeling to say the words and
1: yes definitely I think I think that's a very big part because you kind of I kind of explain the work but then questions come up you know so what does it really mean and why and would I what does it feel inside and this feels like this and should I should we use this feeling to kind of show it? Or should we do the opposite and kind of speak in a way which is really contorted and I can barely speak? What does it do to the words? So yes, definitely, there's always an exchange happening of what they feel and what it does to their bodies, to their reaction, to their voice.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a big part because in a way, they have to inhabit the words. And I was interested because you work as an artist as well. and, And so... As I understood, you're also very interested in the body. Maybe you could say something, because I think we maybe come to the same point, but I come from language and you're very interested in the body. I don't know, maybe you can Mm. say it. I don't want to paraphrase you. No, my
0: interest in performance has come through cinema. So when I first started making films, it's taken me many years to realise that they all incorporate a sort of choreographed performance. And I didn't initially come to that through dance um I came to it through cinema I'm thinking about the way that often in cinema there are these ruptures where a performance will break from the narrative arc will break a narrative arc or will break dialogue actually and something is communicated through bodily exchange or through choreographed dance phrases um I got really interested in body work as a practice in my daily life and Specifically drawn to somatic practices or practices which were slower and made space for internal reflection of and within movement. And that's had a big in- influence on my relationship to language, thinking about what feelings inside the body how to give them words, how to sort of name those feelings. Then how actually the words that come out of a, a movement practice, what quality they have. So what's the qualitative difference of writing about and writing from, I suppose. Mm-hmm. My work often in- incorporates both dance performance, but also scripted dialogue or narrative in relation to that performance so the somatic is being explored through language and through movement and I often work with dance artists who have trained or have an interest in somatic inquiry themselves I'm interested in the visceral (laughs) feeling body as a thinking body and where that meets with language, but it also relates to ideas of gender and the patriarchal rendering of of bodily experience. Um, often not often written from a, a male perspective. Often also written from a disembodied perspective. Mm-hmm. So how to reclaim talking about feeling states and and experience?
1: I find it interesting. Like if you write a script, which is. I suppose outside the body, so you write the script, language, and then you've got the body, kind of that rides from within. How do you get these two different ways mm. of expression? How can you? How do they start to talk to each other? How do they relate to each other? I was just about to say. I mean,
0: something that often is a device is the use of adjectives. So I'm often using adjectives as a way to complicate nouns. <laughs> um, so. Often I will put something in movement, so it might be that there's an object within a script that I'm talking about, and the way that I will describe its movement will be at odds with the way that that thing should move. You know, so I suppose using sort of feeling and experience of gravity, touch, um, connectivity as ways to complicate. The way that we think about the relationships of things in relation. Mm-hmm. Um, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, Without I kind of just thought specific examples. It's
1: quite. <laughs> I just thought this sounds really familiar in a way. When I say I'm trying not to describe mm. what the text says, no, but that the movement and the words complicate each other, which then opens up a new field of reading or opens up a um, new meaning in a mm. way. Mm. Yeah really relate to that yeah, and also one thing I think you know having made the journey from of kind of writing to the voice to also now using the body also seeing the body as a place as a place of action or agency or you know something where it holds all these things you know it holds my writing and holds the voice it holds movements and it's kind of this entity that can actually take action in some way but obviously you know it's never this direct and kind of you know political action whatever but it's kind of an entity of agency as well Mm -hmm. so I think this is really interesting to me just thinking about that.
0: I have the sense now of the body as this full (laughs) you know full of language rich resource that the performers are um, that there is this agency that's being enacted and played with it's quite playful Mm -hmm. as well How that then relates to architecture, so the two performances which I've seen of yours take place in sort of white box or white cube type spaces and the dynamics in which the performance holds is almost, you know, at times it is actually having a direct impact on these spaces on the walls and on vertical and horizontal planes and so it it somehow makes Stark the space you know i'm I've become very aware of of the hardness of surfaces and the kind mm-hmm. of emptiness, I suppose, the sort of cavity like quality
1: of those spaces. Mm-hmm. Could you say a bit about how? Yeah, I think in a way, the pieces are to a certain extent site specific in I use I really need the walls as borders, you know and and the and the size of the room and then also how much space the audience needs is kind of a confinement. You know, I always tend... We, I think we kind of always try to push the walls because when we did the performance in in a museum in Rur, it's in Switzerland, it was a huge museum space and still we managed to use most of the space and the audience didn't have that much space. So I think there's always working with the boundaries and by going all the way to the boundaries, trying to push these physical structures... You also create a tension between each performer. I tend to think like as lines, you know, they're kind of connected to each other. And sometimes the distance is greater than the other. And also, this might create a different tension when you're far away or if you're close. So, we kind of work with the space to create these tensions we want. And then each space offers different quality. So the one in the museum had really flat walls. And so there were moments where Pat would slide down the walls. But then in Mimosa House, which is much smaller and has a lot of ledges and windowsills and, you know, and has kind of corners. So it's not this classic museum, still a white cube, but not this classic, like really austere museum white cube. So she couldn't do the slide down because she'd hurt herself. So... And I think maybe this is also the playful moment or action of it to kind of interpret that and adapt it to the space. So she starts to kind of climb on the windowsill and use the ledge to walk along. And I think architecture adds to a specific kind of feeling or a specific kind of politics. You know, if you're in a white room in a museum, you have this whole history of museums and white cubes, and the bodies will have or the interactions will have a slightly different energy maybe or, or will be read slightly differently in such a majestic setting than if you do it in a project space which is much smaller still a white cube but the floorboards creak people coming in and out and you can really hear their steps it's not as precious you know so i think yeah architecture really does have a play in how you perceive the work as well i suppose you know.
0: there's degrees of Recognition of a of an environment, are they? Like the space in Mimosa House is more akin to a domestic space mm-hmm. in a way. You know the window sills that the performers sort of climb on. You know I have memories of playing with architecture in that way as a mm-hmm. child. And so there's something there's something about accessibility and class like that's implicit in mm-hmm. in very much so in, in going into like a white cube, which is often a box you know Mm -hmm. um high ceilings you know uh, a revered space Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Mm -hmm. a certain degree that sets up a set of degrees of separation Mm -hmm. depending on how familiar you are with those sorts of environments so because your performers are using the walls Mm -hmm. that's in the performance Mm -hmm. isn't it Mm -hmm. absolutely and
1: also the performers will leave marks So it's kind of, it's like almost drawings. I mean, it always depends how long we rehearse in the actual space. But, you know, sometimes they leave drawings on the wall and you kind of see, you know, where they travel to space and stuff. So I think this is also kind of an inscription back onto the wall, you know. So it's not just a backdrop, but it's actually... Well, also it makes sense something about permission,
0: which I found interesting mm -hmm. at Mimosa House, that there there was a moment where one of the performers had the back of their trainer up against this white wall. What I find really fascinating about a loop in a performance, especially, or I became really aware of it in your performance, was a performance doesn't neatly join back up to a, to a beginning, so you don't ever really get... A clean loop, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That the person who I was with, it's like I think we've, I think we've reached the, the beginning again. And I wasn't sure that we had because the performers' orientations had slightly shifted the mm-hmm. ways in which, and even, and I was trying to listen out for repetition of language, and I hadn't, and so there was something really interesting about my attention to detail, that the knowledge that I was partake that I was partaking in a loop did, you know, it's changed, it changed into the, my experience was very active, looking for mm-hmm. sort of the where it joins back up again. I think because it's a very dynamic piece, there's a lot of overlaps going on. Mm-hmm. That, that became more uh, textured, like mm-hmm. that sense of where it joins. What it reflects back about expectations is really interesting, audience expectations, and also where we meet those instructions across different genres of cultural interaction you know from mm-hmm. film I mean for me it's, it's the language is really familiar from film from like film installation but also i suppose from like going to sort of long longer form musical compositions or it's like there are the boundaries mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is space on either side of those margins for the audience to make decisions about how much they want to attend or how much further they want to go or mm-hmm. Yeah, so in a way, you've set up an expectation which can be, which is malleable mm-hmm. in the audience, which wouldn't happen if it was just three till five. There's maybe more agency in, in, for the audience member if they've got a sense of the loop and they can make a decision on either side of that, mm-hmm. rather than the sort of anxiety of when to leave. Yeah, yeah they do two different things.
1: Yeah, true. Listen. Oh yes, everything. Occupy air and soil and
0: rules. Make them your own. Other people's lives. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Take apart. Use your voice and melody. Vocal cords. Vocal, (laughs) vocal, vocal, cause connect. Come together, come together, come together, come together, come together, come together, come together,
1: come together, come together, come together.